Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth. Well, not so luxurious. You remember the Zip and Pippin? Do I remember the Zip and Pippin? Yeah. At Liberty Land? Yes. Yeah. No, well, bef- even was. before Liberty Land. I don't know what it was called before that. Oh, it was always the Zip and Pippin. Well, you're older you than I You sound like we're getting ready to ride the Zip and Pippin while you open it up today. Here we go. Greetings welcome. Sound like a roller coaster. You did, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, thank you for pointing that out. You're welcome. Uh, that's, thank you. It's not relevant at all to the... Uh, right? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, all that aside... Let's talk cake. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no, cake. we got a great show. Always, today. always. We got a great show. Always. I just repeated myself. I know. Because so we're I. talking about something important it must, about uh, repetition. Segway. Yeah, segue. Here we go. Well, first we have to welcome Doug Rikulski also. Greetings. Doug G. How you doing, Dougie G? I'm well. Awesome. Great. It's great that uh, Doug's here with us, uh, kind of going to join in the banter. Yes. The conversation about repetition. Going to try. Um, I, I felt like doing this because I was at a prayer service with you, Tom, as a matter of fact. Yes. And we heard the rosary prayed. We, we prayed the rosary. We did. We didn't just hear it. No. We, we prayed it. And I, I was actually thinking, because we did, we did a rosary, then we did a chaplet, Divine Mercy. Right. Then we did the Divine Mercy, uh, a litany of the Divine Mercy. We did. You know, and if a non-Catholic were to come in there. They would not know where they were. Well, they would probably think, you Catholics, with all your repeating <laughs> just... You're just reciting stuff, right? You're, you just end up mumbling stuff. And yeah. and I'm not going to say that every Catholic does everything perfectly, right? Right. But we don't, we don't re- just sit there and repeat ourselves. And yet some Catholics might even fall into a trap of just sort of praying, sort of... Going uh, through the motions. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes, basically becomes... Well, it's human nature. It's not just Catholics. I think it's human nature. Well, but uh, but but perhaps a Protestant... Who wouldn't have a repeated prayer that they would just constantly repeat? Right, like a rosary, sure, right, or a litany. They wouldn't just repeat things; they would, you know, pray spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to be present here among us, and right. and that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, now, and a lot powerful. of Protestants don't realize, and even Catholics don't always realize that you know we can do that too, and we do, and we do uh, right. quite often. But all that aside, I thought we should do a show, talk a little bit about this this concept of repetitious prayer and just say, well, you know, is it problematic? You know, can it be problematic? And I think, well, yes, yes, I I think it can be, but it isn't always. And I guess the way I wanted to start that was by um, talking about, there was one time I did have a conversation with a young lady uh, who was not Catholic and we were, we were going to pray, but she said, you all, can we do a prayer where, you know, like they're made up words? And I said, well, you mean like uh, like words that no one's ever heard before? <laughs> or uh, she meant spontaneous. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I can do those. Yes. Uh, you know, play that backwards. Exactly. Play that backwards and it'll say something. But can you profound. repeat that? Paul is dead or something. <laughs> can you repeat that, though? You no, I cannot. No. Right. But here's the point. Right. So she was curious. And, and I asked her where that came from and why. She said, well, you know, I think it means more if it comes from your heart. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that for a second. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's... And I asked her where she got that, because she was a very uh, scriptural person. And and she quoted Matthew. 
Okay. Because we, 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 we don't always know where it is, but I can tell you where it is. It's Matthew chapter 6, okay. verse 7. And if we go there, it says this. It says, and in praying, this is, these are Jesus' words here. Mm-hmm. And in praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Mm-hmm. You know, and I stop and think, oh, there are times I think I probably prayed that way. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where I just, just blurt out words that I know mm-hmm. and call that praying. Sure. And I thought that was an important thing. But then, um, luckily, I had read a few things in the Bible here and there. And I was able to say, well, you know what? That's a beautiful sentiment. And I believe Jesus wholeheartedly there. I I really believe. We don't want to heap up empty words. Absolutely. And so I said, but, you know, isn't it interesting that Jesus would tell us not to heap up empty words? And you would uh, maybe criticize some Catholics for repeating prayers. Mm -hmm. Just sit there and just... You know, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee, blessed art, you know, and where we just sound like sort of monotonous. Right. Right. In a, a monotone prayer. And I said, isn't it interesting that, that you would you would say that? Mm-hmm. And Jesus would tell us not to heap up empty words. And yet, two verses later, what does he do? He gives, he gives us, us a prayer, prayer. Yeah, that, that we are all, all Christians repeat and will repeat until the day they die the same way. and billions upon billions of our fathers have been raised mm-hmm. to our father. Right. Right. Cause he says, pray then like this, our father who art in heaven, how would be thy name? And he goes on and on. We all know the prayer. And the point is Jesus first says, don't heap up empty phrases. Don't just say a bunch of many words like the Gentiles do. Right. Pray with feeling, pray with meaning. Right. And so here's how you do it. Say these words. And so then we repeat that prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, that in and of itself is not always the answer. I mean, what it does tell you, though, is that you can pray the Our Father with meaning. Sure. Right, with purpose. Or not. Or not. Exactly right. It could work either way. And I think that's what Jesus was getting at with heaping up empty words. Right. Of and, there's, and there's actually examples, like in the Old Testament, where it shows us what it means to heap up empty words. And I go to First Kings chapter 18 verses 25 through 29. I know this is a longer little paragraph, but it kind of helps us understand what that means. So then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull, which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon saying, O Baal answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they limped about the altar which they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he has gone aside. Or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one heeded. What a great story, man! You Ouch. know, Elijah. We don't know a lot about it's Elijah. A horrible other picture. Than, well, but then Elijah's kind of funny. You know? yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Now it's yeah. a sad situation, but here's yeah. Elijah. Hey, that's the word that came to my mind. Making it, it was more funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cry loud, for he's a god. Either he's musing. Oh, oh, maybe he's gone aside. Maybe or, he's asleep. Well, yeah, he's on a journey. That's it. But all is traveling, and he yeah. can't talk to you yeah. right now. Oh, maybe he's, he's asleep. Got a little sign on the door. Yeah, talk louder. <laughs> wakey, wakey. But all, yeah, be louder. You know. Right. And obviously he's, um, oh, it says he's mocking them, right? right? That's heaping up empty 
phrases. That is heaping up empty words. Because what's happening is they're empty words because their God is not the God. Right. Right? They're praying to the wrong God. They're praying to the wrong person. They're praying to the... the um, they're not praying to the Creator. Right? right? The one who deserves our prayers and the one who can answer. Yep. Right? So it's empty because it has no one to receive it. Right. Right? And so this is where I think we get a, a better sense of uh, what it means to uh, heap up empty words. Yeah. Now, I will also say this. Jesus himself apparently didn't get his own memo. If someone says you're not supposed to repeat prayer and have right. repetitious prayer, Jesus himself didn't get that memo, even though he wrote the memo. He right. didn't read it himself. Because it, it's interesting that in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. I know we know a couple, we, we know the story where the apostles fall asleep while Jesus goes off to pray. Mm-hmm. And, and it points out if you look in uh, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 44, the third time that Jesus went to pray, it says, so leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That, that's the Catholic both and. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you're exactly right, Doug. And, and, and you know, a person who doesn't like repetitive prayer would say, could not Jesus come up with a spontaneous prayer? Yeah. You I think that the, the God of the universe would be able to come up with some words that haven't been used before. <laughs> yeah. it would be mean. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He used the same words. Mm-hmm. He said the same prayer to his father mm-hmm. in prayer. The third time in a row over some issue. Right. It's powerful. So, so we look at repetitious prayer and we think that instantly it's bad. Oh, you're just repeating a bunch of stuff. And you stop and think for a second from the Catholic perspective and you start realizing, wait a second, there's great power. Mm-hmm. There's great authority. There's great tradition in the words that have been handed on to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about our constitution or something like that. You know, we don't just go changing the words and paraphrasing the constitution. And there's an, there's an aspect of humility too. And you're taking time to learn those words, to repeat those words, especially in the aspect of the rosary. Very Mm -hmm. good. And, Mm -hmm. and we're also patting ourselves after those great models who were before us, the saints that many of the saints who left us those prayers. That's true. We read great works and we will say some of the same prayers. Uh, We'll quote, um, great saints, uh, and and because we're, there's edification there, there's holiness there, there's something that's going to help transform us to be uh, the creature that God calls us to be, and and I think there's that's beautiful there. So repetition is not the enemy; it's emptiness, right? It's it's lack of meaning, intent, exactly. Right. What, but but I think what you're saying too is where your mind is. Where your mind and heart, right? All of that, you're right. exactly. Right. Where are you? Because I can say words, and my mind can be a thousand miles away from here. Exactly right. Now, all that aside, and saying mm-hmm. that you know, so repetition can be bad, but where your mind is is important. I will also say that sometimes it's actually quite beautiful when I don't feel like praying. It is actually nice to be able to pray word. I don't have to invent anything. You know what, Lord? I, I don't feel good about this situation, and I'm just going to sit here and pray Hail Marys until you know I've got calluses on my vocal cords. Mm-hmm. I don't mind doing this over and over and over again. And sometimes in that repetition also comes somehow um, uh, the spirit is present Absolutely. there. Sure, it's comforting. Yeah, you know, it's like praying through the silence. You may think that God doesn't hear you, and so you continue to offer these prayers, even no, though they might right. not be, you might think they're not being heard, but they are being heard. A comfortable right. chair. You know, I remember one guy mm-hmm. saying, I don't do this kind of, I don't pray these kind of, pr- I don't do rosaries or whatever because I just don't see any result. 
and I and I and I say, well, you know, let's talk about that from the perspective of like exercise. Right. If I was to get down on the floor and do twenty push-ups, which, by the way, Tom, don't look at me so incredulously like I could. I can't do that. I'm going to admit <laughs> to everybody, I can't do twenty push-ups. But the point is, if I were to get five? down, I, I can do five. If I were to do five, I would likely stop if I wanted some kind of instant. Hey, look at me. Look at these biceps. Right. Yeah. Woo, I'm pumping iron over here. Sure. I did five push-ups. And it's like, no, that's not the way it works. It's over a long period of time of repeated repeated performance. You do this over time. You condition your body. You can condition your soul, condition your heart as well with repetitive prayer. Right. So it's not the repetitious prayer that is the enemy. It's the heart, the soul, the meaning, right. the purpose behind the prayer. Uh, right. Exactly. And so Always. what we'll do is we're going to come back and talk more about this. And I'm going to kind of try to open up like the rosary, something that people talk about Catholics just repeating and not it's just sort of a mind numbed kind of a mindless expression of of meaningless words. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that and try to see the the, uh, the the rosary in a different light when we come back. Before we do that, right. want to remind folks about a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Send it to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. So with that, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> And this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? St. Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite Monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lisieux. Toward the end of her time in the convent, she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. 
she was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Doug Rakulski and Tom Doring, and we are talking about repetitious prayer. Repetitious prayer. Repetitious prayer. Repetitious prayer. They were all repeating the same thing. That's good. Well, there's something good about repeating sometimes. Yes. Especially when I'm talking to my kids. Right and yes, because sometimes Clean they don't hear the first seven times. Right, they need it's like the I've eighth told time. You. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm one of my favorite quotes from uh, yeah, Independence let's, Day. Let's, yeah, let's get back to prayer. So exactly right. So I I promised that we would talk about the the rosary, and the rosary is something that I think that even Catholics um, I I pray several rosaries and. I know that sometimes I can sort of get distracted, and I can start realizing I'm just praying a rosary and not paying attention to what I'm doing. Easy to do. Yeah, and, and that's something that sometimes can be problematic. And I think that sometimes people go for years doing something, and they'll tell you, you know, how many rosaries they've prayed. They may count them. It's like I've prayed forty thousand three hundred and seventy-four rosaries. Right. Right. And it's like, well, that's great. Right. You know, and and but sometimes they're more interested in the counting or in the and we've done we've done shows about talking about numbers and right. being fixated on that. But I think sometimes showing up at the gates, we and, can do what oh, you're one short father blunt. We did a show on the rosary with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, look it up here on the Catholic Cafe's website. But he talks about machine gun rosaries. Right. Amen. That will just exactly. We'll see. We'll. Hail Mary, full grace, the Lord is with us. Thou among we bless us in the name of Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, praise us in the Hail Mary, full grace, Lord. You know, we just kind of like woo. And then maybe we're not really meaning the words. Now, does that mean that every time you pray the Rosary, I have to tell the story? It's terrible, but I remember going to uh, adoration and I was there next to an older person. And you know, sometimes old people can't r- whisper, right? <laughs> they tr- they try to whisper or they try I'm to be silent, but they can't. That. We're pretty close, man. So <laughs> I am we need right, to be careful. I am I am right next to somebody who's going. Hail Mary, full of grace. And it's like, it was difficult for me. You know, and of course, that's my fault. Right. My fault. And the right. Lord was telling me to slow down my rosary. So it was, maybe that was some kind of divine inspiration for me sure, to slow was, down because I, like I pray story. too fast. But I will say this. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that always praying that slow is a good thing. You know, so I'm not saying fast is good. And I'm not saying slow is good. I'm saying meaningful is right. good. That's what we need to be focused on. In- intentional. Exactly think, right. Now, that's a, that's ex- that's exactly right. And so it's sometimes hard with the rosary. And a lot of people don't realize why they're even praying a rosary. And they'll stop. You know, and one of the things I like to do is to take, like for instance, the glorious mysteries. You can do mm-hmm. this for all the mysteries, but you take the glorious mysteries and go, mm-hmm. well, okay, so the five glorious mysteries, we talk about the resurrection, we talk about the ascension, the Pentecost, um, the, you know, Holy Spirit coming down on the, Mary and the apostles, but also Mary being uh, assumed in heaven, and of mm-hmm. course her coronation. And we see all these glorious mysteries, mm-hmm. and we think that basically we're just heaping praises to God and how great all these things are. Sometimes we forget that those mysteries is a reason why we pray those mysteries. Right. There's, we we should be focusing on those mysteries when we meditate on the mystery of the resurrection, for instance. 
it's not just the fact that it happened that it happened it's like well uh, uh you know it's, it'd be like we we do a rosary and it'd be like um uh the dred scott decision or you know looking at the <laughs> at the uh, uh you're, you're thinking that's pretty random one. <laughs> completely <laughs> it was. but was i'm good. talking about, i'm talking about He's u.s good. events we, we'd stop something and just say well, let's pray about this event Really, right. the purpose of those mysteries and why they're grouped together is because they're supposed to, you know, touch on the glory of God. Right. Right. But then how that glory is reflected uh, in our actions and our being and our and how they should affect us and transform us. So in the resurrection, Absolutely. it's great that we would say, way to go, Jesus. Right. You know, you, you resurrected from the dead. But what I should get from that and why I'm meditating on that as I'm doing these Hail Marys, the drumbeat, as Father Blunt calls this, doing the Hail Marys like this drumbeat. Right. And Jesus is the melody. And the melody here is that, that God raised himself from the dead. God created everything. He's all powerful. And don't you think that if you've got a problem, you've got an issue You've got something going on in your life that if God, if you believe and pray to the God that rose himself, that through his own power was raised from the dead. And you're meditating you, yeah, on that. Don't you think he can fix whatever you got going on in your life? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Even death in your life. Yeah. God can fix everything. And so God is all powerful. So when we pray the resurrection, when we're praying the rosary and, and we're on that, on that glorious mystery of the resurrection, we should be focused on that. Right. Right, and, and people think, well, yeah, how does that work with the ascension? Because we can't ascend. We, we don't, we're not God. We can't ascend into heaven. And, and you know, the second glorious mystery, the, the ascension, Jesus ascended into heaven. Again, there's something we can focus on as we meditate and realize, again, this God that overcame death, mm-hmm. that would do everything because he loves us and do anything because he loves us and, and, and wants us to be with him. When he ascends into heaven, if all that we do like that hemorrhaging woman is to reach out and touch his cloak, just to reach out and hold on to uh, his garments, mm-hmm. right? That as he ascends into heaven, he pulls us up with him. Right. He can raise us up out of whatever we're in, right? He, he can raise us up and with, with heaven as our goal, he, he can raise us up. He can raise us out of sin, out of addiction, out of, uh, out of grief. Mm-hmm. And that ascension, while it is focused on Christ and his power to ascend on his own power into heaven, mm-hmm. he can take us with him spiritually so that we understand that this God that raises himself from the dead and then ascends into heaven, that we're, we're, we need to pack our bags because we're going on a journey with him if all we do is reach out and hold on to Jesus. That's our hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's the Pentecost, the third, uh, uh, the third glorious mystery, the, the, the descent of the Holy Spirit on the apostles. And, you know, when I stop and meditate on that and think about what, I'm, what am I supposed to get out of the, that, that it was there for the apostles, the Holy Spirit is here for us. Right. Right. We are anointed. We are set apart. We need to pray to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to be with us yep. in whatever trials that we encounter. Uh, even in our joy, just seeing the, the, the Spirit present is a beautiful gift. And so as we pray the rosary and we're on that descent of the Holy Spirit, we realize that God loves his church so much, mm-hmm. right, and sees the purpose and the meaning and everything, why this church was even created from the very beginning. And we understand why God would allow the Holy Spirit to descend upon those apostles, right? that they would be uh, blessed and that they would be anointed and set apart and sent on a mission mm-hmm. and given God's authority. Empowered. Empowered, mm-hmm. given God's authority to carry out what they need to carry out and how we also receive that anointing, that power 
even from our baptism. Right. And every time we receive God's grace and how beautiful it is for us to realize that that, that first Pentecost, that descent of the Holy Spirit, is really a sign that God loves us and is always there and will send his spirit upon us if all we do is ask. Exactly right. To guide us, to, to keep us in exactly truth. Right. You're right. Right? And how beautiful that is. Again, so we're praying a rosary and all of a sudden this stuff is kind of turning around and, and transforming. It's helping us. It's not just repeat, repeating words. Right. We're putting meaning to those particular uh, mysteries. And what about Mary being assumed into heaven? Now you can probably have a justifiable argument and say, well, I'm not without sin. Mm-hmm. You know, Mary was assumed in heaven because, you know, she's the perfect vessel. Right. Right. And so God took her. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be assumed. But really, I think one of the reasons, and again, he didn't reveal this to me, but my gut says that Mary being the, the consummate, most beautiful example of Christianity that we can live out ourselves, that she was a created being, mm-hmm. right? She is the model of Christianity. She's a good Christian that we can follow. She is the model that we would follow. And so if she was taken into heaven, it just gives us hope of our own salvation. Mm-hmm. Right? You mentioned hope, Doug, uh, earlier. And Mary being assumed into heaven is hope that heaven is open. Right. It's open for business. And that, that we have the hope of being there. Because if we pattern ourselves after Mary, if we, if we listen to the, to the words of Mary and do everything that he tells us, Right, that she says in Scripture, do everything that my son tells you. If we do these things and we try to free ourselves from that attachment to sin, we're going to find ourselves in heaven because that's what our, our hope of salvation, we see that sort of in the lived example of Mary being assumed into heaven. Again, sure. we're taking a mystery that a lot of people say, well, I don't know why I'm praying about the assumption. Just one of the great things that happens, the historical event. And there's so many levels. Think of the, the importance of her. You know, she didn't suffer you know the the destruction of the tomb her body right. was so important to god he rose his body he has right now in heaven god himself has a body right that the importance of that for us and to our neighbors and know that everybody has a body mm-hmm. absolutely and that bodies are good bodies are good they were created to be good so very very good point so and then there she is in heaven she's been assumed into heaven and so now we start to see the the coronation that mary is crowned queen of heaven and earth and you start mm-hmm. thinking well all right, so what am I doing with that? What, 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 how do I meditate on that? And you start thinking, you know, is Mary in your life? Do you, do, you, do you, A, treat her like a queen, and B, realize that as a queen who loves you, that she would care for you, that she mm-hmm. would lead you along the right path? Mm-hmm. Is she our queen? Do we respect her? And that she's coming back for us someday. And Exactly. So pray with meaning. Pray with feeling. Pray with intention. Intention, Right. right? How beautiful. So let's do this. Let's close in prayer with that prayer that Jesus taught us that we often repeat. And now we, we pray with meaning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.